When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here today with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior holiday writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. We have a whole lot to get to this week, which is very exciting. We're going to talk about Beyonce and Brad Pitt surprise appearances. I feel like they're always making surprise appearances. This point is just, you know their regular appearances uh, at a music festival and we're also gonna look at William, Kate, George and Charlotte's royal tour through Europe. We also have a very special segment featuring Lily Collins. I wasn't there. Josh and our producer Jordan traveled all the way to Midtown which is essentially like Iceland. (laughs) Like trek to Midtown to talk to her. So far they've teased the segment to me as saying that she is a really great royal story about meeting Diana and Charles and and crazy can I say that she has an insane story about seeing Tilda Swinton <laughs> taking out the trash can I say that Yeah absolutely so before we get to Lily though which yes you guys should definitely stick around for let's talk about Beyonce and Brad who have they ever even met I feel like they exist in different universes Beyonce and Brad Pitt but I'm sure they've crossed paths at one point or another. But Beyonce, so we, what happened with Beyonce? She was at a Missy Elliott concert. I saw this on social media. Okay, first of all, apparently there's a music festival in Los Angeles, which is where I am. Yeah, where, where, where were you? <laughs> I, I was like in bed by 10 p.m. So, and already in the five weeks since Beyonce has given birth, she's been to more concerts than I have been. <laughs> To in like five calendar years. But so she went to the FYF festival, which is also where Brad Pitt made his cameo appearance. Josh, have you heard of the FYF festival? Oh, wait. So I didn't even connect that this was the same festival that Brad and Beyonce. So they probably, if they hadn't already crossed paths, they probably did this weekend. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, I have never, I had never heard of this festival until this weekend when all these people I followed on Instagram were posting about it. Just the like LA influencers I follow and it was like eight people and it was you know the captions would be actually most of them I, I thought it was like a Frank o- Ocean concert because most of them seemed to be going to see Frank Ocean I think he was like the headlining act but I had no idea and I didn't had no idea what FYF stands for I still it stands don't. for what does it stand for? Yeah, fest which I don't know if we can even say which is also there, my but... tattoo so that makes so much sense I'm I can't <laughs> believe I missed it 
Oh, I see. Julianne's written into the script. Did you know FYF stands for <laughs> Fuck Yeah Fest? I did not. <laughs> In the most shocking Julie reveal I've ever heard yet. <laughs> but so Beyonce stepped out to go to this Missy Elliott concert. I guess it was Missy's first concert in a decade. Wait, that's we, wild. I know. It's Notwithstanding, she did the Super Bowl, though, with Katy Perry, remember? Not counting that. Yeah. But we first heard of this, Josh and I, I'm assuming you. it was the same for you, Josh, when Missy posted an Instagram of herself with Solange and Beyonce. Beyonce, as always, is wearing sunglasses. She looks impeccable. And allow People Magazine to describe for you what she's wearing. Josh, take it away with the passage. I'm going to go to the passage from People. Bay wore a flowing denim poncho and tight black jeans, accessorizing the look with ankle-length black heels and silver-trimmed circular shades. And as Julie very rightfully points out, when in the history of the English language have the words flowing denim poncho appeared in sequence? She looked right. Like, but, but I feel like if anyone, if you had done a Mad Libs for me and been like, there's going to be a celebrity who was seen wearing a flowing denim poncho. I feel like Beyonce and maybe like Bella Hadid would be the two that would come to mind. So that actually sort of makes sense. But also flowing denim. Denim seems like a very heavyweight material. But of course, if there's anyone who can make denim float, it's Beyonce. Um, so once this Instagram kind of surfaced on the Internet, the beehive went crazy. And they found all these videos people had taken at the concert, kind of scanning Missy's performance, but then scanning their camera over to just off stage where you can see Beyonce kind of bobbing her head and dancing to the music. The most amazing video that surfaced that I saw, though, is one of Beyonce making her exit from the concert. It's amazing because who did she bring with her? Blue Ivy and Tina. Wait, I had no idea she brought Tina. Yes, so there's this video of Beyonce leaving, and it is incredible for like eight different reasons. The first of which is that Tina is wearing an amazing blue pantsuit. And as she walks out, you hear people yelling, Tina, Tina. You don't even hear people yelling at Beyonce. You hear people yelling for Tina. Obviously, Tina has her cell phone in hand and that screen is on because she is ready to take a selfie at any moment. Also, Beyonce did a complete costume change. So in the Instagram with Missy, she's wearing obviously this flowing denim poncho in like eight inch heels. But when she makes her exit, she's wearing a white sweatsuit with the hood pulled way over her head. And she is on tennis shoes. And you just you know, it's her only because she's like has Blue Ivy's hand and is leading her out to bring two looks to a music festival is like a whole other level to me when you're not even performing. Like you when you're just, not even performing. And I can't wait to see the Instagrams that I feel like Beyonce is going to post in like eight weeks or whatever. Whenever <laughs> she does her, you know, eight posts of the same outfit from eight different angles. I feel like it always takes a few weeks for her to upload those onto her uh, iCloud. But <laughs> Tina being the star of the show is incredible. I also feel like Tina must be the most fun person to go to a music festival with because, you know, she is going full throttle and just living for the moment uh taking selfies taking videos of the crowd that are grainy and haphazard you know those people that do that at festivals that are just filming everything tina never turns that camera phone off never i feel like blue ivy probably like wanders away and tina has no clue because she's so busy 
filming at all. Beyonce definitely does not let Tina babysit alone. <laughs> like she needs <laughs> Richard Lawson or someone else there because Tina is like too transfixed by that cell phone and finding her light. Oh, I, I just love that Tina, Beyonce and Blue had this awesome like female Friday night. And I was probably in bed. A great point here, too. Wait, you didn't mention this already. Did you that Solange and Missy are wearing the flat shoes, but Beyonce's wearing eight-inch heels? No, I didn't mention that. In the Instagram, you can see that Solange is clearly wearing flats, as is Missy and Beyonce, even though, like, she should get a pass for the next three years because she just gave birth to twins, has on these insane, like, stiletto boots. But apparently, she only put them on for the photo op. I feel as though it would be so stressful to perform at a music festival if I knew Beyonce was watching also. That's true. I mean, I feel like she doesn't show much. Like, it's very hard to read her, you know? She's she's very stoic. And so I feel as though I would... I mean, I, I, it seems like with the Missy Insta, she was showing Missy affection, but I don't know. I feel like anything she said, I would be like, in my, in my head, she's thinking about how she, you know, I, I'm an amateur compared to her. Oh my gosh, I know. If we if we were set to go on instead of Missy, someone would have had to give us like a pep talk. We would have had a personal breakdown. I think right also our hand. other our other main objective here should be pulling off a flowing denim poncho look. <laughs> I can we can outfit it out of the jean jackets we got at the white party. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> String two can... together into a poncho and we're set. The next time Josh and I find a concert that starts at like 6 p.m. and go, we are both bringing duffel bags full of like a second clothing change. Out- outfit change, denim. Just very quick, yeah. amazing Beyonce notes. TMZ reported today that the house next door to Beyonce's mansion is up for sale. So, Josh, this is our chance to move in to be Beyonce's next door neighbors. Wait, I find, I find that creepy almost that it's out there that it's next door because that means whoever's moving in is explicitly trying to get proximity to Beyonce with their purchase. Probably. Well, the, that's what the owners are doing because I guess the, <laughs> this house in Bel Air has been on the market for years. Yeah. But it but it has a problematic driveway. I guess the driveway goes downhill and is like very narrow. And I guess when you're paying millions and millions of dollars for a Bel Air mansion, you want it to be perfect. But so the owners are all about Beyonce being the next door neighbor. I'm surprised there aren't like flyers out on telephone poles. I would live in like Brie Larson room style (laughs) trapped in the closet if it meant that I was like in the property next to Beyonce. So Josh would go out and get that Home Depot garden shed. Lock me me in the shed with Jacob Tremblay. Like I'm I'm fine as long as I get a glimpse of Beyonce once every year. I mean, that might be the creepiest (laughs) visual we've ever summoned. Yeah, that's not my best. (laughs) that's not my finest hour uh that's actually really funny i wonder who's going to move in now i wonder if it'll be another celebrity or if it will be a commoner i'm currently accepting donations um so that josh and i can move in and become beyonce's next door neighbors as was fated we just need 18 million (laughs) dollars we need to make a really good argument on kickstarter Okay, so Brad Pitt also knew about this FYF festival. Do you think Brad Pitt knows what it stands for, though? <laughs> no. I, I bet, he, bet money. I bet Brad calls it the fifth fest. Like, he thinks it's the word. Right, and Maddox just shakes his head. Yeah, and, and he's like, eyes. Dad, go do another architecture assignment. <laughs> so, okay, Josh, do you want to set well, this one up? No, I just have to say, I actually like, need more explanation. I'm hoping you have it for me, because I watched this video. So, Frank Ocean was performing he sort of 
in, in Brad Pitt's GQ style profile, which came out a month or two ago, which we talked about on the podcast, he mentioned that he'd been listening to a lot of Frank Ocean. And he said, I find this young man so special. Talk about getting to the raw truth. He's painfully honest. So he like praised him very openly. Then I made that sound like scandalous. Anyway, he praised him openly. God forbid. Then, but so, but it was kind of interesting that he was like so hip and new cool music. So then at this festival over the weekend, Frank Ocean kind of like. After after Brad Pitt said that to GQ, Frank Ocean performed in the UK wearing a t-shirt with Brad Pitt's face on it. Wow. So they they haven't really talked, I don't think, but they've had this kind of like bromance. It's almost like a romantic comedy. <laughs> anyway, like they're like shouting out to each other. Okay, so Frank Ocean is on stage at FYF Festival. <laughs> and he's sitting down and he starts performing his song Close to You. I love any performer who sings a song sitting down. That is like who I would be. But anyway, so he is performing his heart out, sitting down, and you know how at concerts there's a huge screen behind you? All of a sudden, everybody in the audience sees this close-up behind Frank Ocean as he's performing, and it's Brad Pitt. And he's standing there, and he's on his cell phone. He's listening to someone talking to him on the cell phone. Okay, so I was very confused because it just seemed like, did they pre-tape That's what I thought, too. But Brad Pitt was actually in front of the stage being filmed at this that very moment. So Frank Ocean was kind of serenading him. I guess the concept was serenading him through the phone. So it was like Brad Pitt was listening to this performance. And, and Does that make any sense to you? And Spike Jones was filming it? Or is that different? I, I did see Spike Jones somewhere in the text, but I glazed right over that. It could have been, it seems very high concept. Spike so, Jones but, blindness. <laughs> but I didn't understand what this is being. So they're filming it for, it's just why? I don't really get it. Why wasn't, he just, why wasn't he just on stage with him? Or am I missing some conceptual art level here? It, it's because art. It's I don't because know. Art, this, is yeah. how the, this is how the Los Angeles Times described it. Frank Ocean was performing while behind him, Brad Pitt appeared in high definition close up on an enormous video screen. Pitt had a cell phone to his ear. His his expression was sincere, but inscrutable in the way movie stars are paid millions to perfect. Oh, my God. Poetic. I know. Pitt was there in the flesh, leaning against the lip of the stage as a cameraman fed carefully composed images to the screen behind Ocean. The actor stayed put, working those world-famous eyes until the end of Ocean's song. Then he took off without a word of acknowledgement from himself or the singer. <laughs> so it's like Brad Pitt was just there and on the back of the screen, and then they finished the number and like didn't even reference it, is what I'm inferring. Do we think Angelina has watched this video? <laughs> I don't think she can be bothered. Like, she... But I feel like the kids have, and they have a lot of like detailed notes. I feel like the kids loved this. I probably. I feel like the kids are into Frank Ocean. The kids in the yeah. in the general grandpa way of saying the kids and Brad and Angelina Jolie's kids. I I think it's cool. I don't know. I guess it means he's out and about and not sulking in his cavern or whatever he indicated in the GQ profile. I know things both you and John Void have said. The kids are really into Frank Ocean. Uh, what did you make of the whole thing? Did you think it was endearing? Did you think it was strange? I thought it was confusing because like yeah. you, I saw that image and didn't 
know what right. to think of it. Right. They could have made it a little bit more clear with the cell phones. Like maybe Frank Ocean was performing into a cell phone. Like also all the, the videos, all the videos I saw or the video I saw was very clearly a just crowd, you know, an, an amateur filmed situation. Like I kind of was surprised there wasn't a more professionally released video. Maybe that's the point or maybe that's what's coming right. when Spike Jones releases maybe- his great opus or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But it was a little bit exciting. It was kind of like Brad Pitt's, I guess, public return. Yeah. Right? Maybe. Um, he wasn't he at an award show or something. I feel like he was at an award show. Oh, that sounds right. He got like all that applause, remember, and people were pissed off. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But this is, you're right. This is, this is a more among the people appearance. You're right. Among the people. I mean, I'm all for this Brad Pitt, Frank Ocean bromance yeah. continuing. In whatever form, whatever weird artsy form. I don't know if anyone can hear. There's music actually playing in our studio right now, faintly in the background, which is very appropriate for this music festival segment. It's like a pulsing, pulsing vibe. It feels like we're trying to record a podcast next to a nightclub. (laughs) Which is basically what it is here in the old Condonast office. All right. I don't know. How are we going to transition this? I mean, our conclusion Uh, to essentially this pit segment is just like question mark. (laughs) I think we said because art earlier. I feel like that also sums it up. <laughs> um, our our art criticism is really stellar, but it's also oh my god! I didn't even make this connection. Brad and Frank visually being in separate places but connecting on the phone is kind of like a metaphor for Julie and me doing this podcast. Oh my gosh! See, we should have gotten this more than anyone. You should perform at a festival, then I'll call you. But actually, be there. I feel like we'll be able to pull that off. We have so much expertise. I'm wearing the flowing denim poncho, though. <laughs> and I'm wearing the, I don't know, beyond, I'm wearing whatever <laughs> Tina was wearing, the blue pantsuit. Across the ocean from Frank Ocean, I don't know. It's not the worst. It's not the best. <laughs> um, the royal family went on a tour last week of the entire, what am I saying, of, of Poland and Germany, not the entire country of Europe. Um, I mean, continent of Europe. Gosh, I am fumbling left and right, like Princess Charlotte did, because she fell at one point. Impeccable. Julie, save, save, Julie, really save incredible. me before I just keep monologuing here and <laughs> falling into one Brad Pitt after another. So I'm really excited to hear what Josh has to say about this royal tour, because he is the royal expert on VanityFair.com. He does amazing write-ups of kind of every tour stop. If you haven't checked out his posts, you should now. He even captions slideshows. He captures, like, <laughs> the best Charlotte and George expressions. But so- Somehow they convinced me to do that. <laughs> uh, but... I thought this was a kind of my overall takeaway of this tour. And I don't know if you agree. I'm curious to hear is that it was sort of a letdown a little bit. It was, it was um, in Poland and Germany, which are, you know, interesting, very, you know, lots of cultural sites to see in both places, but I wouldn't say they're like Europe's greatest hits though. (laughs) They're like the deep. I mean, also the India tour and the Australia, New Zealand tour, the Canada tour, even there were just so many sites every stop along the way for these great photo ops like waterfall here or you know glacier here or you know animals yeah animals kate doing a katniss style arrow bow and arrow demonstration i feel like this tour didn't offer the quite the same thrills there was like a pretzel making competition (laughs) i know (laughs) it was like germany and poland did not like roll out the red carpets there were no balloons 
didn't seem like a very stimulating tour for anyone like under the age of 40. And I also just, I also just felt a little bit. So George and Charlotte came, which was exciting, but we didn't see them very much. And the only times we did see them were at the airports. We saw them like on tarmacs. Right. Yeah. Airport is not exactly. It's not like we saw them at Shake Shack waiting in line, but they were at the tarmac at the beginning and at the end. And then at the middle when they flew from uh, Poland to Germany, but there was no kind of fun events with them or, you know, there was no petting zoo or, uh, you know, at some of the other tours, there have been uh, the tour in Canada when Charlotte and George went, they had a whole day where they were outside at this sort of garden party. There was nothing kind of like with the with Charlotte was delighted by all these balloons. So from a George Charlotte standpoint, it was also kind of minimal uh, photo ops. And so I feel like that was also a little bit of a disappointment. I know it's like George's lawyer had negotiated like really harsh terms for this trip. Like, fine, he will go to Germany and Poland, but only if this is like his only public yeah. appearance. So, like, you don't you don't get him for the like in country appearances, guys. His rate's too high at this point. And I thought that Kate, you know, Kate had some good looks. That's never been my main excitement with Kate, but I also feel like when she really turns it out for some of her glitzy occasions, it's this like show-stopping situation. We didn't really have any looks like that. I liked her in the lavender dress. I like the lavender. I love the I like lavender, lavender dress. Yeah. What were your takeaways? My highlights were um, I loved George looking very grumpy on the tarmac. I think when he arrived, he just yes. looked over it and like he could not be bothered, which I feel like we've all felt at some certain times. I know. I feel like when you get off a plane, that's not when you want to be photographed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I loved Prince Charlotte curtsying. Did you see that little curtsy? Do yes. you count that as a curtsy? Yes. No, I thought that got picked up as her first cur- curtsy. So we're going to call it her first curtsy. <laughs> She essentially like bobbed up and down and they interpreted it as a curtsy after some foreign dignitary gave her a little bouquet, which I thought was really cute. She she pretty much uniformly at she was very much on her game. The first two appearances, I feel like at the third when they were going home, she kind of threw this little tantrum and uh, tripped at one point. There's this video of it. George and was sort of reversed because George was in good spirits. And there's this amazing photo of George, which I can't get enough of from the final appearance. How uh, do you even describe it? Because it's like your new profile photo. I feel like it has to be. I know exactly which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I tweeted it. We'll put it on somewhere. But it's like he just, he looks, yeah, I'm sure you guys have seen it. It was like all over, like I feel like it sort of went viral. But he just looks, he looks delighted by the world. Let's put it that way. He looks very, I don't know. Performance, uh, it's a very kind of high performance look. I think the first two, though, he was kind of upset and ang- ups- you know I feel like at other tours and other appearances, it's been they've all seemed pretty much genial and pleasant and excited to be there. This one, you definitely saw them a little bit. Both kids kind of stressed out, which totally makes sense. But I feel like it created some kind of unusual photos where you see them like screaming, which Kiara, our photo editor, pointed out is uh, kind of, you feel like maybe the articulation of what Kate or William must feel in these kind of moments, but they can just express it in this kind of visceral way, the kids, by screaming and wailing. So I do kind of like thinking about it that way. Oh, I love that analysis. Yeah. Um, Josh, who was your MVP of the royal family? I would say George. I think he showed the most character. Even if he wasn't thrilled, you could see it on his face. And then when he was thrilled, you really did see it. So I feel as though, I don't know, he was in, he, he was giving the most 
and I enjoyed him. What about you? I think Charlotte. I've never given it a firm handshake in my life, and the fact that she has already mastered that at two is pretty incredible. So they returned right before George's birthday, right? Yes. And the, we don't really know how they celebrated, but they released a photo, uh, which was kind of a, a different kind of photo for them. Kate didn't take it. He has this kind of toothy smile. He looks, you know, as cheerful as ever. I know um, he has a very chic, collarless, button-down shirt on. Yeah. That was a good look, like a mandarin collar. I, I, I thought it was a good outfit. Um, also, shout out to one of our fans who, did she see Kate and William, or did her parents see? Jessica Michaud wrote us, my coworker's parents are in Germany on vacay and just saw Will and Kate. And she attaches a picture of Kate in this light blue and white striped casual shirt next to William very close up so her co-worker's parents really got in there and we asked if she had anything to share about seeing them or what they were like and she said not really they were really nervous because such a large crowd formed so they took the which pick. i love any you know first second hand third hand you know brush with kate and william we will take we love getting these messages so thank you for sending that also, the fact that the coworkers' parents were overwhelmed by the crowd, I can only imagine how <laughs> Kate and William felt. They can't, they can't run after getting the pick. As we mentioned earlier, uh, I went to Midtown today to chat with Lily Collins, who is in a new Amazon show called The Last Tycoon, based on the Fitzgerald book, which comes out very shortly, a few days after you'll be listening to this podcast on Amazon. She also has a lot going on because she's in two films on Netflix right now, Okja and To the Bone. And she recently wrote a book as well. So we had a whole lot to talk about. As Julie mentioned earlier, she had an amazing Tilda Swinton story, uh, who's her co-star from Okja. She also had a great, because it's an In the Limelight interview, we had to ask about her feelings about the royals. And she actually was born in London and grew up there. So she said she still feels like a UK resident in some ways, and it feels like home to her. So she talked about actually having met Charles and Diana when she was a little kid and what that was like. So that was also kind of interesting. And uh, yeah, we also talked a bit about her acting icons and her working with Kelsey Grammer and Matt Bomer on Last Tycoon. She had some fun stories to share about both of them. So yeah, we're going to toss it to that interview that we recorded earlier in the week now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Really excited to be here. Yes. Collins. Woo! On a very special uh, Vanity Fair in the Limelight segment. We're so thrilled to have you. Thanks for making the Thanks time. Thanks for having me. I know me. you came right from Europe yesterday for the... You know, yes, just for this. Yeah. No, I, I'm a little bit jet lagged, yeah. but with, you got to roll with it. How was Europe? Did you enjoy your time Gorgeous. there? Gorgeous. I was on yeah. the Amalfi Coast. I'd never <laughs> been there, and it was just stunning. I mean, you've seen pictures... 
and it's like that's exactly what it's like. So it's I feel like very a yeah, literally like I was taking yeah. a bunch of postcards. Um, but it was picturesque, and now I'm here. So it's a bit of a bit of a shock, but I'm yeah. here and loving it. Unfortunately, yeah, the Amalfi Coast view is not quite the same. As no, the and it's town, also uh, raining <laughs> like here, which I'm shocked. Right, about. they're adding like insult to injury or something. Or it's yeah, whatever. True. That is. Um, yeah. So Last Tycoon, I, over the weekend I watched, I like kept clicking at the end of each episode to watch the next, which I feel like is the sign that a show has already got you hooked. Yes. Um, it's like beautiful. It's really just kind of special. Thank you. What, I'm, can you talk about how the project first came to you? What made you say like, this is something I want to be a part of? Yeah. You know, um, I never really considered doing proper TV until recently. And really it was this script that came across my, my computer and it was only the pilot. But Billy Ray was was directing it and had right. written it, and he was going to show run the show if it got picked up. And I that alone, that pedigree was enough to just get me in the room. And I had read the book when I was a teenager and thought, wow, that's really interesting because I knew it was unfinished, and I knew that Celia was a very interesting, multi layered young woman right. who was super tenacious, feisty, passionate, naive, <laughs> all these things. I yeah. thought would well, be fun to play. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I met with, with Billy and he basically in that room described where he saw my character going in the next five or six years and it looked amazing. And, uh, that was it. I, I went home and thought this is something I have to fight for. So I went back, um, and I was the only person to read with him, but I dressed, I did full hair, makeup and wardrobe, went back in the 1930s and, uh, and came in and read for him and that was it. Did you, was the idea of doing TV something you had to think about? Was it something you were excited about? Because it's obviously a different kind of commitment than signing on right. to do a, a feature film. Which is, the, yeah. the cool thing is that it's it's a limited amount. Right. You know, it's not episodic um, like network TV. Right. Um, so it's it's a shorter amount of t- dedicated time for shooting. Also shot in Los Angeles, like 10 minutes from my house. Amazing. Um, in locations that I grew up going to. But yeah, you know, I had thought about I auditioned for TV years and years and years ago and not gotten the shows that I had thought I wanted and then I'd focus on movies but so many people are moving into TV now because you can expand on a character for so many so much longer right. like you can show a side to someone only so much within an hour yeah, and a half yeah, or yeah. two hours of film so for me to get to go on all these different adventures as this character that I really loved you know is not too dissimilar than hoping to sign on to a franchise and if you sign on to a franchise, you're going to be doing multiple versions of that character as well. So this was just um, a different, like, medium. Totally. And I love the fact that it was on Amazon because it was going to be binge-watched. And Amazon has such an amazing in-house already, like, publicity. And all. it just, it was, it was all... all these shows. Yeah, 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 and they had already such amazing content. It wasn't like it was the first time being it was being done, and, and they had such a respect level already. So it was just really cool to be part of. So Kelsey Grammer playing your dad is yes. like a fantasy. I feel like I had in some other life. Of yeah. Life or something. What was that like? Was it? Did you know him at all? Was this the first time you had met I him? I had or? actually. I forgot that I had met him. Okay. Years and years and years ago, my dad was a huge fan of his, and Kelsey is a huge fan of my dad's. And we were at something together once, and uh, I guess they got introduced, and right. I met Kelsey. And I kind of forgot about it. And then when we were on set and I introduced myself for the first time, he goes, no, actually, you know, I met you back with your dad. And, and he, like, totally remembered. Oh, that's amazing. He, like, called me kiddo from day one. <laughs> he just took that's on like the role. exactly how it was. Yeah, literally, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, like, in his voice. And yeah. he just, he, he, his energy is infectious. And for someone that's been in this for so many years, you wouldn't 
or I didn't assume that he would still have that like childlike excitement every single day. And he even says he likes to surprise himself by like not really knowing what's going to happen that day at work and come in and be like, oh, what are we doing today? Because he wants to keep surprising himself. And that was really refreshing. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 And so it would keep it interesting for me, you know, and he's just got this voice that is so commanding and uh, he's just, he's so lovely on set. You can really tell even just in watching episodes, he's like just having so much fun and like so really, much yeah, fun. Yeah. Loving it. Loving it. Yeah. So I was talking to Julie, my co-host who is in LA. So she unfortunately can't be here right now. We were both like being in love with Matt Bomber must not be that. Ch- I, I mean, like mean... looking at him every day and working opposite with him, you could have worse acting jobs. I, I mean, it's just a bore <laughs> every day. No, he is, he's probably the most kind, considerate Zen human being I've ever been around, yeah. let alone worked with. And when you have someone like that, number one on the call sheet, it translates to every single member of the yeah. crew. And so everyone was just happy to be there every day. He was so dedicated to the character and he was just so supportive of, of me the whole time. And, and, you know, there are certain scenes that maybe were more sensitive than others. And he always wanted to make sure that he looked out for me first. And oh, yeah. he's just, he's aware of all those things. And he's just, absolutely beautiful like beautiful in the 1930s or 2017 (laughs) like he's just hot did wearing the costumes seemed so fun to me is that i imagine if i was in these costumes like when i had a break during filming i would just be like constantly taking selfies i did i was like oh my god i've got to share for my outfit today yeah you know because janie bryant's a complete genius and she she did mad men right she did mad men and um she loves for the undergarments as well as the outer garments to be genuine which is not always the oh, most God. comfortable say, yeah like, not so comfortable yeah. like i i like got to kind of you know collaborate a little bit on yeah. that but it was a joy to dress like celia every day with all of her hats and you know and then hair and makeup on top of that and it just really informed my character from the first fitting and you'd have fittings for every episode i just because i didn't know what happened in the next episode you'd, you'd read it and go oh, we go where or what party or yeah, this or that yeah. and so then she'd say well these are your options for your party dresses and a lot of the times there would be things that i was like I don't know if that's this gonna exactly work on me. What, yeah. And she's she's like, just trust me, just trust me. And I put it on, and I I would be wowed because she got it, and she I didn't. Knew. Yeah, proportions and patterns and colors and just things I never knew, and also just wouldn't have guessed for myself. But it worked. Did you obviously? You know, she's in the 1930s. It's a very different kind of gender landscape than we have now. But it felt to me there were sort of these strange modern parallels to certain things about yeah. Celia, kind of trying to figure out her way and like yeah. navigate this kind of workplace. Did you kind of see that at all when you were working on this? That it like strangely, even though this was is taking place so long ago, yeah, these kind of modern resonances. Yeah, what yeah, she's yeah. Kind of dealing with for sure. You know, I think that. She's trying to step outside her dad's shadow. Right. She's trying to do more than what women were normally doing of the time. She's also very young. So I think that for her, it's as much as it is that she's a woman, it's also her age that yes. people want to take her seriously. Yeah. And also the fact that everyone on the lot knows she's been in love with Matt Bomer's character, Monroe Starr, since she was a baby. So the idea that she's now like working for him people don't really take her seriously. Yeah. So she's got a lot going against her, but then when she starts to pick up steam, people start taking her seriously. But, you know, I want to produce, direct, and write one day. And so playing Celia was a little bit like school because yeah. I got to kind of see yeah, how cool. it's done in a way, um, even though it's done differently now. And I feel like now it's easier for women to get things made if they don't find the material out that they like. But I also love the perspective that Celia is not an actress and doesn't want to be an actress at all. She's like, I want to be behind the camera controlling things. And I love that. She's like, she's so spunky. 
all the Bennington College stuff was cracking me up. Right. Too. It's just like these funny, it's like this idea. I was like, remember exactly what that feels like in college when you want to do every, you know, you, it's, and she and you think it. you yeah. can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so how do you, when you're like telling your friends or like talking about the show, like what do you kind of use as the pit? Or, like what, what do you usually say to people about what they're, what they're going to kind of find here that's going to um, be kind of fun and exciting? Well, I say that it's, you know, about the golden age of Hollywood and it shows the glitz and glam that we all think we know yeah. so well, but then it dives deeper into, the darkness and the destruction of the time. And it really shows how interconnected politics, um, uh, society, whether it's, you know, Nazi Germany and the great depression and film, I mean, how everything is so interconnected. And I think I knew that studying history, obviously, but not to the extent that I know it now and, and how they really impacted the films that were being made and what couldn't get made. And, um, the hardships of the time and, and social status and all that. So it's it's really a beautiful show to watch, but it it is it's showing you a side that I don't think we've been able to see before in an entertaining way. I yeah. mean, who doesn't want to watch something with, you know, beautiful sets and costumes and hair and makeup that also is like edgy and 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 really provocative for the period, but Completely. true to the period. Yeah. Can I ask about To the Bone? I, yeah. I watched it like a week ago with my mom, and we both still are like emailing each other about oh, it. Oh, thank Do you. Do you, uh, have you got, now that it's out on Netflix and it's out there, have you kind of gotten a sense of what the response has been to the film yet? If you've kind of heard anything or read anything? Yeah, you know, I've actually been it? following a lot on Instagram and Twitter and social media, and it's been incredible to see the amount of young people coming out and sharing their own stories now as well, and yeah. really relating to the subject matter, and doing videos or just posting, you know, um, letters or comments or their stories. And that's what I could have hoped for is that, you know, like I, I had said this before, but Marty and I aren't starting this conversation. We're just hoping to make it louder to be able to take a topic like this and have it spread like wildfire. Even if it's, there's some provocative conversation going on with it, I think is a really important thing. And, um, I feel really proud to be, you know, a part of that conversation and, to have it in some way empower people to share their stories and to either maybe seek help if they need it. You know, we partner with Project Heal, so they're a really good resource. I'm not an expert. I'm someone who went through this, and everyone's recovery and journey is different, but this is one story who hopefully will inspire others, and I'm really proud of it. Yeah, it's such a... It's it's so kind of interesting, too, because it has this lighthearted... It's so funny, too. Yeah. It's like such an interesting way of kind of communicating this serious topic you know there's a lot going on it's really yeah no thank you i think you need like in life it's cheesy but it's true you need the lightness to support the darkness and vice versa it's interesting to be watching this and then last tycoon and thinking about how i cannot imagine two just kind of different kinds of characters to be yeah was that kind of was it is that what you love about acting is it challenging to do that kind of thing is it like it's it's challenging but at the same time it's so fulfilling because i get to play with different parts of myself um I mean, last year was crazy. I shot the pilot for Tycoon and then two weeks later did To the Bone, which was like a 28-day shoot or 23-day shoot. And then I had about two weeks and then went off to Korea to shoot Okja. Then I had about two, three weeks, if that, to go off to the Republic of Georgia to shoot a film called Halo of Stars. Then I came back to L.A., started doing press for Rules Don't Apply then in January started the entire series. So everything happened well, back. Lucky to if I like do no. want to take a step. Like, oh, and I wrote the book in the meantime. Oh. But uh, I uh, no, but you know I was 
I was forced to not have that much time in between each character. Mm. And so that was interesting in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but at least for me with To the Bone and the series, they were about a year apart. Oh, a little bit, you know. I slight, forget because things come out at the same I time. I know, because like usually a, they don't come yeah. out back to back to back in like two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had enough time to separate because. Do you have anything you're like binging now or pop culture obsessions or things that you Oh, God, are so embarrassing. But I, I love all the Bravo shows. Oh, like, no, I love. Like, are you kidding? Like all the Real Housewives? Yeah, that's um, embarrassing. Top you have a favorite, Chef. You have a favorite Housewives. I love. Or, so. Oh, God. I like New York and OC. Yeah. I'm very excited because OC just started again. Oh, I know. So excited. I'm excited. <laughs> That's the best, though, for just, like, a Sunday when you oh, want to just, Oh, it's just so you know, great. Yeah. It's so great. But I've also been binging Younger. Ah, Younger. I've been I, need binging, to, I, I need to watch I don't, it. Well, I, I was told so many times that it was yeah. so great, so yeah. I've been binging that. Um, and obviously, like, love Downton Abbey, love Game of Thrones, so that's already done and watched. But um, I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I'm a binger. Like, honestly, yeah. I have to have it all there in case I have time to watch more. Right. Because gone are the days of like TGIF Fridays when it would be like you had to wait an ep- a week or like Seventh Heaven on Monday nights. Yeah. You know, it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> what happened? They got like expelled and then you have to like wait a week. No, no I know. It's like, anymore. I want it now. I yeah. don't want to have to wait. No. I forget what's happening when it's like I know, a week later. That's I'm like, the thing. Back and, like, look I like online. Big Little Lies I loved. Oh, so like I watched that all at once when they had all come out and oh. like, you know, limited series are great. Yes. Um, do you like... I mean, you just went through your list of things that you've kind of done in the past, even just year. Like, do you have kind of look forward to goals in the future in a very specific way? Do you take things kind of case by case? Like, what do you, do you have a sense of like, I want to be here in a year or anything like that? No, I don't have that. I don't have time increments, but I do have like a list of things I'd like to do. Um, And that includes work as well as like travel, um, as well as just life in general. Like, would love to do a flat out comedy, like love Paul Feig. Um, oh, would to love to do a British sleeping period drama a la like a Joe Wright situation. Would love to um, have kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, would love to go travel to Thailand and stay in a tree house. <laughs> Like, like these the are the, of this you list. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I'd like, <laughs> I'd love to learn how to bake better. Um, yeah. I, like, they, there's a lot of cool things that I think that. I have in my mind is like, oh, that would be a nice thing to do, but I don't have like by next year, you know, this must happen. Cause I think that when you do that, then if it doesn't happen, you get upset about it. Yeah. Whereas I could never have planned last year that all that would happen. And like when I, when I set out to write my book, I did it. It came out of a place of like, all right, well, I'm not filming anything. So I want to do something with my time. So I'll write this book. And then two weeks later, I booked three movies back to back and I went, <laughs> You're like, Crap. What? Like, yeah. now I have to do this all at once. And they said, you can postpone the book. And I was like, Mm-mm. something's telling me that they're going to mimic each other, which randomly, not random, but ironically, the timing of it all coming out was that, you know, I wrote about subject matter that I was acting, which it just was bizarre. But I also so, think that's the best when things all, when you're busy, yeah. when you have a lot of different things yeah. happening. And I feel like it always kind of converges like that. Well, when, when the mission, yeah. when your life's mission and the mission of a project combine like that, I think that's when magic happens. Yeah. And that was one of those moments that I happened to have. Are you someone that has like actress role model types or people that you grew like that you always think about like when you grew up like that's someone where if I could be in any way, yeah. what they went through, that would be kind of really amazing. I mean Audrey Hepburn, but um, you know I again obvious, but Meryl Streep. It's about like the longevity of their careers. I think you know, and, and Natalie Portman, yeah, um, Kate Blanchett, uh, Penelope Cruz, love Penelope Cruz, um, and all these women are mothers. Oh, interesting. You know, right and I and what I love is that they 
are proof that you can do both, that you can have both, that you can have a career and do what you do and then have your family as well. And some of them also, I mean, Natalie acted very, very young, um, but most of them kind of hit it a little bit later than now, you would assume, because a lot of people now start so young and then, you know, their careers feel like they should be over by the time they're 21. Um, Whereas a lot of the films that we consider the greatest hits or their like coming out party, they were in their late twenties, um, which is like, gives you hope. I'm like, Oh cool. Great. She started a little later. I think I'm okay. You know, no, but that, it's, it's, it's inspiring. It's, it's remember that. Yeah. yeah. Do you, and when you meet people, I know when I meet like uh, heroes or icons, it can be like very stressful. Is that yeah. something that has been fun for you when you meet these pe- actors? I'm sure you've gotten the chance to meet some of these actresses. Is that, I freak out. Yeah. Is that a, like, do you internally? Blackout? I always do like a blackout thing. Where, oh like, yeah. When I I'm met, sure you're cooler than me. Well, no, time. when I met Meryl Streep for the first time, when I, Saw her, I like shortness of breath. <laughs> yeah. And then I shook her hand and I had goosebumps everywhere and I literally started crying and I, and I didn't know what to say. So I said, I usually know what to say, but I don't know what to say. <laughs> and I just think that we'd have the most fun working together. And she said, oh, we would, wouldn't we? We'd have so much fun. And I said, I just, I really, I just love you. I just really respect you. Just, yeah. well, you should tell my daughters that. And it was the coolest moment. I was like, oh my God. Okay. You know, note to self. And then the next time when I saw her and she actually remembered me, it was like, you know, but it's like, those are moments that I write about in my journal and will never forget. And I geek out over because it's someone that I truly admire. And you never want those situations to go badly because you've heard stories about that when people that you love are just not, they don't pan, horrible exactly, right? or they don't pan out to be exactly what you would expect. Not right. everyone can be what you expect, but cordial is one thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to ask about Tilda Swinton, who's an Oakjo. Obviously. But I just feel like that, I would be remiss if I left yes. without asking. Was she, she is kind of enigmatic and mysterious yes. and wonderful in person yes. as you would think she would be. Do you have any stories about like meeting? Anything yeah, she's, like- she's amazing. Um, so I didn't get to actually ever shoot with her okay, right, on right. set because the way that the film yeah. works and how Dr. Bong works. Um, but I met her for the first time. Actually, I met her years ago at a fashion show, but for the first time on this movie, uh, I was, I was, uh, I had a day off of work and we were in New York city. We were on wall street and I was walking out of the hotel and I saw her finishing work, getting out of the van and she had a big bag of trash and she just like was taking her trash out to this massively packed trash can. And I was like, she's taking her own trash out. And I looked at her and I was like, Tilda, I'm red. I'm playing red with my red hair. And she's like, of course you are. I know who you are. And she gave me a hug. And I was like, what, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just taking my trash out. And I was like, this, like, random, but, like, so wonderful. I love and then that, that was my that. only interaction I had with her on the set. And then during press, during can, she just kept, like, she would, she just talked to me all the time and explained what was going on because I'd never been to can. And I remember that last night we had a dinner and she just looks at me and she holds my hand and she sits me down and she goes, now. Lily, just tell me everything. Tell me everything about you. Start from the beginning. Did you turn to Sam? And I, I was like, like, I was like, where do I begin? And she just, for like two hours, we just sat next to each other and just chatted about anything and everything, things that I enjoy, my favorite color, projects that I like, life, you know, relationships. Oh my God. Scotland, Lily, England. Lily, that's a dream. It was a dream. Does she like, I feel like she must just give the best advice too. I feel so like cool. anything yeah. she would say, I would just be like, I'm doing this immediately. Yeah, exactly. Like, move to New Zealand. Fashion like, sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fashion yeah. sense, hair sense, envi- like environmentally with your job, with your kids, whatever. <laughs> I was just like, tell me, every- tell me, tell me everything. Yeah. Let me in. Um, I, this is kind of unrelated, but I feel like I have to ask, I know you're from London and we're like very big Royals people on this podcast. And yeah. I'm interested if you, we talk about like 
Kate Middleton, Meghan Markle, the whole thing. Have you met any of them? Is that do you follow the royal family at all? Is that something? I that... feel very close to England, yes. so I really do feel British at heart. So I, um, I, I like following a lot of that. Yeah. Um, like I, I remember setting my TiVo at the time uh, to wake me up in the middle of the night to watch the royal wedding. wedding yeah. yeah, I watched it in at my house and I recorded it and I just I wanted to be a part of that history making you know moment. Yeah, I've, I I follow it, but also being here, it's hard to follow it as if you were in England, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, I I met the family, but when I was like barely walking. I mean, there are photos of me giving Princess Diana flowers and then trying to take them back from her, you know. And then like apparently, I was told that Prince Charles like gave me a phone to play with, and I proceeded to try to smack him with it, you know. Oh, and my, my mom was like. My God, we're gonna get kicked out. That'd be amazing um, if, like, the Queen had to come out, and, like, literally, like, you yeah. Yeah. yeah, this child <laughs> is not welcome. Um, so I, I do, I do feel very, um, like, connected, and like, been going to England. I, I love going to England so much, and reading all about that, and just, I just, I'm fascinated. I always will be with the history of that. Uh, is London where you like? At this point, feel like home is what LA home is like. Do you- when I go to England for Christmas, I go to the countryside house that I grew up in, and I say that I'm going home. Then, when I'm done with my trip, I say I'm going home to LA. So it's oh, it very really much both. But I do see myself always having a place in England, um, and I love the countryside because it's just so calming and different. Yeah, and I see my kids spending time there in the future so it's just i can't lose that part of me yeah having both seems nice to, yeah it's a good know. it's a good um balance i think well lily thank you so much for taking the time this thank was so you. fun really rapid fire thanks so much So that does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight. Thank you so much for listening. And please remember to rate, review us on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you thought of the Royal Tour and what you would do if you came across Brad or Beyonce at a music festival. Also, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight to further discuss these subjects. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. We also have Instagram In the Limelight Pod. Uh, This episode was edited and produced by Jordan Bell. Thanks to Andy Bowers at Panoply. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, no bad energy.